Hello and thank you for tuning in right now. I'm Nyla and this is Greener Thoughts. It's the podcast about environmental news, commentary, environmental facts, proactive ways you can protect our planet and more. This podcast episode is all about how resourceful are we? Sustainable consumption versus wasteful habits. Greener Thoughts is produced every Sunday and Thursday. I would love for you to support Greener Thoughts by favoriting, reviewing, and also sharing Greener Thoughts wherever you can. All of these things will help Greener Thoughts grow. You can contact Greener Thoughts by sending a voice message to anchor.fm forward slash Greener Thoughts podcast forward slash message, or you can send me an email to greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. So uh, there are a few episode announcements. Um, The first one is I'm going to have some new technology coming my way. Um, I bought a new laptop, um, a much needed one because my old one is just kaput basically um, and I needed a new one. And so after finally getting one after a few years, um, I'm so excited to, you know, have uh, it come soon and I cannot wait uh, when it does. And I ordered stickers and a laptop cover for it. I'm so excited uh, for it. And it's a two-in-one, so I can write uh, on a, I can use it like as a tablet and design uh, on it, you know, my embroidery patches and things like that. And I'm so excited. Another uh, episode announcement is uh, that I bought also some really great um, eco-friendly merch. So um, I bought the um, bees wraps uh, on Amazon Smile and the package came also and I'm so happy that it did. And I ordered a bundle of other things along with the bees wraps. Um, I ordered um, Green Goo, the Skin Balm, which you'll hear about a little bit later as part of this episode's um, Eco Company Spotlight. And um, I ordered a newer, different set of bamboo toothbrushes. Um, and I ordered also the Eco Tools Foundation Brush. Um, I also bought that on Amazon Smile. So um, I discussed a few um, different things of these these companies. Uh, Eco Tools, for example, I talked about them in a previous um, Eco Company Spotlight, and I will uh, list the name of that um, at a later date so that I can find it uh, on my computer when it comes. And then um, Burt's Bees, as you all know, I love Burt's Bees, so I bought uh, one of their uh, lip balms recently. Uh, they're a ginger uh, type of lip balm, really great stuff. And, um, I, you know, love it. I always have loved Burt's Bees. And for me, I talked about it also in another, um, earlier podcast episode as well. In the Eco Company Spotlight segment. Um, and I bought one of their, um, liquid uh, lipsticks as well in Mauve uh, Meadow. And it came in a huge white plastic uh, Amazon packaging, which I was not uh, in favor of. I didn't like that. It was totally unnecessary. That's the only gripe I have um, with the uh, shipment. Everything else was fine. Uh, Nothing was um, out of place or missing or anything like that. It was just that, you know, the packaging could have been like in a simple envelope or box or something of that sort. Um, It would have been fine. Um, But, you know, that just shows you that uh, packaging is very much an issue when it comes to ordering products online. So that definitely has to change. So next is the next segment, which is Headlines from the Hemispheres. It's a quick briefing on environmental news globally. The first headline is all about Florida and it purchasing a plot of land, a special plot of land, uh, from a prominent family. So Florida to buy Everglades land to prevent family from drilling for oil. 
You can learn more about that news piece on MNN.com, a.k.a. Mother Nature Network. So the state of Florida is in the process of purchasing and acquiring uh, a part in a, a partition, a, a section of land from a wealthy family. And, and it's in the hopes of um, sort of deterring the drilling process for oil uh, that the family is trying to partake in. Um, and they're trying to, the state is trying to protect the unique uh, ecosystem there and all the plant life, all the animal life that is there. So if everything pans out, which hopefully it will, this event will be the largest land acquisition in a decade. And so the state has until June 30th to buy the uh, 20,000 acre tract uh, and prevent uh, drilling in Broward County. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he is key in the process. The whole thing he has uh, followed through in uh, seeing that the state uh, acquires this piece of land. And he says that the state will pay uh, $16.5 million uh, by June 30th or uh, $18 million, uh, of it uh, if uh, they miss that deadline. So... If they miss the June 30th deadline, they'll pay $18 million. Uh, if, if they meet the deadline, then they'll just pay the uh, $16.5 million. Number two headline is about an interesting fossil that was recently discovered. So fossil in the oldest, fossil is the oldest known scorpion. Um, and the news comes from ENN.com, a.k.a. Environmental News Network. So recently, scientists have done a doozy, and they've went ahead and recently found um, this newest, um, oldest uh, scorpion species on record in over 35 uh, years. So for 35 years, uh, they haven't found anything quite like this. And so this is a new species on record, and it's so old, it's from... Uh, 437 million years ago. So it's the oldest uh, of its kind. This research comes recently from Ohio State University, and the researchers have learned quite a bit about the animal. And they learned that the animal could be able to have breathed um, in the ocean and also on land. And modern-day scorpions, primarily, they spend most of their uh, lives on land entirely. And the new scorpion is uh, named uh, Perio Scorpio Venato. And uh, it's with the species um, named, well, its species name means hunter. And the research study uh, is published in the journal Scientific Reports. If you are interested in reading about the scorpion uh, information in the research there, I will link it for you in the show notes. So you can definitely check it out for yourself. The third and last headline is that uh, UMBC researchers find many countries will not be meet ambitious forest goals without support. So we all love trees to some extent, um, and uh, they're very useful, but very much a part of our planet. And many nations of our Earth want to do things right and pledge to uh, make forests more prominent and more widespread and to fulfill uh, having uh, forests again in many regions where there aren't any. And many nations of the world have pledged to restore um, forests and plant. Uh, by some estimates, 230 million hectares of forest is the pledge of many nations as a collective. And one project has a hefty goal of um, 350 million hectares by 2030. And that's the bond challenge. A recent paper in uh, Conservation Letters has created data from what countries are doing currently about restoring their forests. And the results are not promising. Out of 62 countries that the paper examined with restoration commitments, 54% of the bond challenges goal area for 2020 have not been pledged. And that data is really just trying to understand why some countries are doing well and others are struggling. Researchers found that the gap is between the goals established and circumstances of the global south. 
which is composed of the nations south of the uh, equator. And most of the uh, noted or seen um, types of countries below the equator are developing countries. From the paper, uh, Mr. Michael or uh, Matthew Fagan, on multiple reasons for large pledges from uh, the global south, he says, quote, it could be that global south countries are more aware of the risks of the risks they face from climate change and are therefore more interested in doing something about it, end quote. And that again was from Matthew Fagan. He is an assistant professor of geography and environmental systems at UMBC or University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and lead author on the paper. All right, so the reason as to why I want to talk about the topic for right now and for this episode is because for me, um, as you all know, one of my very personal uh, environmental missions and things that I care about most is waste and recycling and also very much zero waste. And for me, those are issues that I fight to make better. And then the issues that I know the most about. Uh, the fact that with this episode, I just want to highlight necessary statistics very much in the different areas, like the multiple sectors that are influenced most or are affected uh, mainly because of their use. So our clothing, food and smartphones, just to name a few, those are the types of sectors that we're going to be talking about that are most wasteful because they are, you know, the consumer types of sectors. These impact us most because we have um, interactions with them almost daily. You know, we eat daily, we have clothes that we wear daily, we have smartphones that we use on a regular basis. So uh, this uh, episode will, you know, show you exactly how waste is directly connected to what we use and what we buy and how we interact with it on a daily basis. And if you want to change your waste habits, then this podcast episode is for you to listen to and also to share. So the source for this episode, the news comes from treehugger.com. And so I entitled this that we're going to talk about a look at waste from A to Z. So we're going to look at alphabetically the different categories that we as people uh, most uh, are wasteful in and they affect us a ton. Um, And so we're going to go and start with our first category, clothing. So in the United States, I'm going to talk about the number of uh, different breakdowns as far as each category. So when you hear me talk about the statistic, I'll also compare it to um, with the data. uh, It has um, things about Great Britain or the European Union or uh, other types of regions that also compare or, or contrast to what they have as far as their waste outputs. So in the U.S., the number of times a garment is worn, um, so that's characterized by, you know, it being worn by the original owner or as a hand-me-down before it's disposed of in the trash was 35 times in the year 2016. So in the year 2016, the average person for in the U.S., the number of times that the garment was worn was 35 times. That's so tiny of an amount. And then that compares to 41 times back in 2002. But in the European Union, they wear their clothes about 96 times. Uh, Those clothes are worn before they're disposed of. Uh, And that was back uh, as of uh, 2016, that statistic. Now we're going to jump to food. So regarding food, a recent study back in uh, 2018, so pretty recent, from PLOS1, P-O-O-P-L-O-S-1, it estimated that Americans waste about 30% of food calories or about 340 pounds of food per person every year. That's a ton of food. That's a whole person um, as weight. Uh, that we Americans dispose of. 
And as far as household food waste, things are really not that good. Um, but in the UK, in, in the United Kingdom, they do things differently. And in uh, 2015, they had an estimated um, 238 uh, pounds of food waste per person every year that they dispose of. So uh, just to relate to that and compare, that's almost 70% as much as the U.S. Um, the U.S.'s food calculation. So they fulfill about 70% of what we uh, dispose of um, compared to our 340 pounds uh, per, per, per person. So the United Kingdom is doing something a bit better. And so they're not as wasteful as uh, Americans in, uh, when it comes to food waste. And then next, I want to jump to uh, municipal waste. So that's all about city waste and uh, urban areas in places where uh, people live in cities. And so, and also uh, smaller regions and not necessarily um, places where there's an overarching figure that determines where your waste is and goes. So waste that is first collected is the focus of uh, municipal waste and then it's treated by the municipalities and that this and this doesn't include um, construction or even demolition debris or uh, municipal sewage so those things are absent uh, in this calculation and in uh, in Americans in 2015 they created 4.5 pounds of municipal waste per person per day in uh, 2000. And in 2000, uh, that number was 4.7 pounds. So it's gone a bit down uh, since the 2000s. In the UK, just to contrast, uh, back in 2015, uh, their municipal waste was about 2.9 pounds per person per day. So next we're gonna go to offsite self-storage. Now, if anyone uh, knows about offsite self-storage, this is composed of uh, offsite um, facilities where people can store their belongings, usually maybe collectibles or added junk or stuff that cannot fit in their houses or apartments. People use offsite storages to store their uh, personal property and belongings. So with self-storage in the U.S., um, the money for actually constructing these facilities uh, in the year 2018 was $5 billion worth. And that was versus the $1 billion in uh, 2015. So it's a growth uh, that's been exponential and has grown quite a bit. Next, I want to talk about the next and last uh, consumption uh, section that we use um, on a regular basis, which is our sm- smartphones. So with our smartphones, U.S. consumers, when it comes to upgrading them, um, sometimes we do upgrade them, um, but depending on who you ask, you know, they may have a different answer as far as when they upgrade their phones. And so in the U.S., when it comes to upgrading phones, the length between uh, phones and those upgrades are what we're going to look at. So between um, the year 2018, we're going to look at the 24.7 months on average uh, was the length that U.S. consumers waited until upgrading their phone. So about a little over two years. And that is um, up from the 22.7 months back in 2016. For Great Britain in 2018, they waited an average 27.7 months before in between upgrading their phones. So they've waited the longest when it comes to upgrading their phones and those smartphones that they have. In 2019, the US on average um, has also an age of um, different um, vehicles, their cars, uh, for example, uh, in trucks, the average age of them, the, the, this is the last section, vehicles, not the, other, not the other section before that was smartphones. This is the last section, vehicles. So I'm going to talk about vehicles. And in 2019 in the U.S., the average age of cars and trucks, like regular um, trucks for um, use for consumers, not necessarily commercial ones, um, was 11.8 years. So 
uh, the average uh, person uh, hung on to their car for 11.8 years. That was the average age. And that is up from uh, 8.4 years in 1995. In the UK, they use their cars and vans. And in 2017, uh, they have their vehicles of an average age of 8.1 years. So the next uh, section that we're going to talk about is the consequences of delayed disposal and some economic effects. So with cars, they are you know better with uh, safety features and they are uh, amazing with that newer technology, that modern technology, um, and those enhancements. And for older cars that don't have that, that is a a lose lose because if you don't have these newer technologies and you're not necessarily upgrading your car um, when you're supposed to, like if things get too um, too much of a burden to repair, for example, and the repairs uh, cost more than the value of the car, then you should get a new car. Um, and with the consequences of keeping an older car, your safety is at risk. So that's one of the um, consequences of not getting um, newer um, cars, newer technology, new, getting that newer upgrade when you're supposed to. Now this makes sense. Now also another um, consequence uh, when it comes to vehicles is that vehicle components, um, they actually degrade over time steadily though. So uh, when it comes to accidents, for example, or just the just the composition of cars over time, they get better and better. But if you're still driving a car from the 1990s, you're not going to have the same uh, benefits from cars that are made in the late 2010s or after that period. Next and last is if you're holding on to products longer, um, they, these can actually negatively impact the U.S. economy or any economy uh, of the world, any major economy. So, you know, being efficient with your products, with your uh, appliances that you have, maybe in the kitchen or other different places, tools, uh, certain things just need to be either recycled, donated, um, or disposed of responsibly. And sometimes it is okay to give yourself, you know, an upgrade, but then other times it is great to save um, if your health is at risk, for example, um, and you have certain products that don't necessarily have upgrades to them, find alternatives that um, are within your budget, aren't going to aren't going to aren't going to cost a an arm and a leg, um, and you know when it comes to different products, you're able to decipher if it's worth it, and if it is, great. Um, the decrease in purchase products has a um, definite offset um, because if there's a decrease in purchased goods, then there's going to be an offset in uh, purchased services. So that's something very important to know as well. So since I do love talking about waste, one of the other podcast episodes I did previously not too long ago it was about waste was about an hour long or so I have fun with those type of episodes and for me waste I just love it to be simplified um I do love things to be complex but I just don't want my waste necessarily to be complex so um I took the liberty of just breaking down some of the um, different components that we talked about, like uh, fashion and clothing, um, food, municipal waste, offsite storage, smartphones, vehicles, those types of things. And um, for them and those things, I think that when it comes to something like fast fashion and clothing, we should all simplify and we shouldn't really have fast fashion in our vocabulary, in our use at all. Um, with fast fashion, there's the fast disposal factor, which everyone talks about, and it's pretty well known. There are companies of the world, like H&M, uh, Forever 21, ASOS, among others, that have really done a damper uh, to the fashion industry as a whole, and they aren't stopping anytime soon. I've talked about it in two different uh, podcast episodes, probably more, uh, but like I said, I, I have my 
um, new laptop coming and you know I, be, I recently bought it and I have to check my notes somehow by accessing my old computer but with that you know these companies are just they are horribly doing wrong to the planet and we all know the uh, water pollution rates, the point source pollution, the landfill waste. I could just talk about that alone and have a whole podcast dedicated to that uh, podcast episode don't, uh, dedicated to that alone. And it just makes me even more happy to just not support fast fashion. I love thrift stores and, and I'd rather have my money be spent uh, in there, some portion of it. I don't go ham. I'm on their stores all the time just for uh, items that I know um, I can buy there that won't, you know, have me break the bank if I were to search for online. Um, something like maybe a leather, you know, piece that will last me for decades or or something like um, a nice pair of uh, jeans or something that's really great and will last for a long time. Not something like pleather um, or you know, a risque type of fabric that I don't know how to use. And it seems cute by buying online or maybe at H&M, um, which I will never buy from, but just for example. And, you know, if you don't know how to, you know, use that fabric and, and work that fabric and wear that fabric, you're going to have a hard time uh, finding use for it in your daily uh, wearing of your clothing. And you're just not going to use it. It's going to sit in your closet for some time. And then you're going to wonder why you bought it. And then you're going to have to donate it or gift it to someone or, you know, dispose of it, which some people do. People throw away clothing all the time. I want, I want to talk about some quick facts, uh, but first I want to first mention the um, different um, podcast episodes that I talked about when it comes to fast fashion and clothing in general. So back on uh, June 23rd, 2019, I talked about uh, fast fashion when it comes to the UK, and so that podcast episode's entitled The UK Falters at Ending Fast Fashion. That's episode 61. And then the other episode I did was Nike and how they're uh, saving the planet with plant-based dye a shoe collection plus new prize giveaway. The giveaway has since closed. And that was from a date uh, April 11th, uh, 2019. I want to talk about quickly some uh, fast fashion facts. So when it comes to fast fashion, the industry produces 97% of its clothes overseas and fast fashion is predicted to increase 60% by the year 2030 and the fashion industry also produces a ton of waste, 92 million tons of waste in 2015 alone. So in one single year, they produced that much waste, almost 95 million tons. As far as old clothes, 85% of our old clothes that we use and have end up in the landfill. And in North America, that calculates to about 25 billion tons per year on textile waste alone. With current technologies, the last fact, um, it would take 12 years to recycle what the fast fashion industry creates in 48 hours. I don't know about you, but that's not sustainable. That's not responsible. That's not enforcing and that's not demonstrating environmental stewardship. This is why I'm not a part of the fast fashion movement. This is why I, I talked about it in um, a previous podcast, one of which I mentioned earlier, one of the two I mentioned, that I'm not on board with H&M or uh, ASOS or any of the other brands. You know, I, I wish I had a, um, a type of range as far as the age of my listeners, because if, you know, they're from, you know, maybe if you all, any of you are from maybe ages 16 to like 25, then the range of fast fashion, you should do away with it and you should put the planet first, which is what I always try to strive for on Greener Thoughts here and I know that it's important because even though we all wear clothes, have some sort of fashion sense, or maybe don't, 
we're responsible for what we put on our bodies. And we make that choice every single day when we wake up and get dressed in the morning. And after we eat, maybe go to work or work from home or travel for work, wherever you do, you wear clothes. And the responsible choice is to make sure you're not disposing of those clothes as quickly as you bought them. So those facts were um, from 7billion470s.com. Next, I want to talk about food. And regarding food waste, I always simply say to just compost because that's so fun. It's so easy. Once you start, it's like you're putting magic into a container and you get brown and green and good for you uh, plant matter that your plants and other other types of um, species of, of plant life will love. So, you know, maybe a cactus or a Venus flytrap, for example, or um, if any plants that you're planting, they'll love your compost and you'll see the growth um, after some time. I know that you can also um, pre-plan your meals because that's really great when it comes to food waste because you are portioning out uh, how much you're going to eat. And uh, with the excess that you're not wasting, you can save it for a rainy day or for later and uh, you can save that food. Uh, also, when it comes to food, uh, something that's really that really is important is um, the reuse factor when it comes to your reusable packaging and storing your food. This is amazing to do. Um, something like a metal compost bin or maybe a small container is fine when it comes to putting your compost in like in a, in a uh, home setting. And then there's also the outward uh, compost bin uh, that is also um, necessary, especially if you live maybe in a rural area, a rural area and you want to, you know, have your compost uh, out somewhere, not away, uh, away from animals and other vermin and such. And so you want that um, outside component as well. I've talked about uh, recently, actually, I think in December, I'm in the food episode, I'm pretty sure, about um, how to save food and make sure you're not wasting it and treat it, you know, like food with respect. Next, um, I want to talk about municipal waste. It's pretty straightforward because it's mainly a city issue. So if you have um, a city issue, you know, when it comes to your waste or maybe town or other region where it's, it's, um, it's dominated or it's regulated by a municipality entity, then what's, what the city does is what the city does. So... You know, when it comes to that waste there, you can ask the officials where their waste goes, who is contracted to handle the waste for the municipality. Um, the book Garbage Land, one of my favorite environmental books of all time, I've talked about um, before, uh, the Garbage Land uh, on the Secret Trail of Trash is a great read and it demonstrates and talks about how uh, waste is in a few different places, I think mainly in New York City, um, and how waste is managed, how it was um, picked up, how it traveled from place to place, and no two places where it traveled was alike. And it's a whole system, a whole system around waste in New York City. Uh, numbers four and five, when it comes to the off-site storage for anyone who's out there, anyone listening, if you've heard of the American show Hoarders, um, then you know what I'm talking about and are getting ready to talk about. Um, when it comes to that and its spinoffs, we in the U.S., we love consumerism. We love buying things. We love the act of shopping. We love the act of having tangibles in our hands and you can see that demonstrated on any Black Friday annual video that happens to pop up on YouTube. There are tons of people in the U.S. who go out and buy, buy, buy. And a ton of that stuff they use and dispose of within the year. But then some of that stuff that they buy, they end up chucking it and saving it off-site at a storage facility. So I want for you to examine, you know, if you need that stuff.
Is that stuff essential to your life? Lastly, I want to talk about cell phones. Um, so simply with when it comes to cell phones, you know, they are full of too many materials to be disposed of. And that's for me a, a real fact and it's apparent that it's an issue that most people don't see because they're readily willing to accept their next cell phone because their upgrade is uh, here and the time is up and they're so willing to, you know, go ahead and have um, a new phone. But when it comes to that, you know, I think people should stop keeping up with the Joneses and they should be fully prepared to, you know, do away with that matter of thinking. You know, the Joneses, the fictional uh, Joneses that everyone keeps talking about, you know, they're dead and gone. Whatever period they were from or, or however people keep bringing them up, essentially, you know, talking about, you know, these people, which I don't know where that saying came from. You know, um, I think that way of thinking should be um, eliminated. It should be out of the forefront as far as uh, consumer thinking and having that consumer mindset because it's really toxic and it's a way of thinking that really just has to go. Do you love Greener Thoughts? Supporting Greener Thoughts ensures more giveaways are available with even more exciting prizes, future Greener Thoughts merchandise, and surprises found only on Greener Thoughts. I greatly appreciate and love all the listeners who have tuned in and who support Greener Thoughts by doing good for the planet. One of the many ways I would love your support is by clicking the second lower link in the show notes of this episode. Is the direct support link for Greener Thoughts. All right, we've come to the Mother Earth Minutes, which is where we review in the next few minutes actions that you can take to combat the issue in the episode and also save Mother Earth. The message for this episode is that waste is a bigger issue than we imagine it is. It really is because it affects every facet of our life. Whether it's anything that we've created, man-made, our human waste even, for example, we have to somehow um, get rid of that, but get rid of it responsibly. So we recycle the the wastewater, for example. And there are other things as well. Uh, Other things that we've created, they have a place and they don't belong in a landfill. And so I want to talk about briefly in each a section that we talked about, I'm, I'm going to give a five a different tips for um, all of the categories that we talked about. So from clothing to food, municipal waste, and uh, the other different um, categories. Uh, so the uh, first tip is about clothing. And so we're going to go ahead and avoid the different type of fashion brands, uh, the different type of fast fashion brands to avoid. So I'm going to talk about them. I talked about and named these in uh, one of the previous episodes that I talked about earlier, just uh, a few minutes ago that I I talked about as far as uh, podcasts are concerned, my uh, episode I talked about. So if you want to hear a bit more of what I discussed about fast fashion in the UK, you can listen to that episode as well. But I'm going to talk and and rehash uh, these fashion brands. So these brands are fast fashion brands to avoid. So the first is Uniqlo. It has bad working conditions for its workers. So you got to make sure to stay away from Uniqlo. Number two is Victoria's Secret. Now, it uh, has its organic and fair trade cotton handpicked by children. So that's such a disgrace. If you didn't know, now you know now. Number three, when it comes to H&M, they have low wages for their workers, and they also copy from lots of high-end brands. Number four, with Primark, they are terrible Uh, when it comes to the workshop conditions in uh, places like Bangladesh. Number five is Rip Curl. 
and they have workshops uh, in North Korea. And they also uh, suspect that North Korea is guilty of perpetrating uh, modern day slavery. Number six is ASOS, A-S-O-S. And they have cheap clothes, which is never really good. And uh, their products are subpar and they're not updated like you'd think that they would be as being a somewhat modern brand. Their clothes are anything but. With seven, you have Zara. And they're accused of having Brazilian workers essentially work in slave in slave-like conditions. Number eight is uh, the uh, brand Forever 21, which recently, as I've seen in the news, uh, was in the processes of um, bankruptcy and uh, filing uh, different uh, chapters of that. And they're actually worse than H&M and Zara and Uniqlo. Uh, they're also uh, notable as being a real staple, especially in the tween years and early um, tw- 2000s and a little bit later than that. Uh, when it comes to number nine, we're going to look at New Look. That's the brand. And in 2018, 80% of their clothes uh, were 15 pounds or less. So 15 pounds is in the currency pounds. Number 10, and the last one is uh, Benetton, B E N E T O N. They bought clothes from a Bangladeshi factory and that was where it collapsed and 800 people were killed. Number two tip is about food. Uh, Like I said before, composting is so essential. It's really, really fun. And also there are other things that you can do to not have food waste, like bringing your own lunch, bringing your own lunch uh, from home. You know, helps save on packaging, uh, cost and money. Um, And then also you're reusing the containers, things like that. So you're really uh, cutting down on waste totally uh, and also food waste. And when it comes to uh, also food, you can do portion control, which is where you uh, almost pre-package, but you are setting aside uh, certain amounts of food that you plan on eating. And then you can tuck away the rest uh, to save for home instead of eating out and then uh, not knowing what to do with your food because you didn't have or or bring a reusable container to take it back home. Uh, Next, with food, you can also donate your food like to maybe um, a a shelter or some other place where um, if you have maybe business meetings or places where there's a lot of food events and you work around food a lot and you're able to not waste that food, you can donate that food to someone in need. And then last but not least, when it comes to food, uh, you could do something like a potluck. This is super fun where everyone brings a a meal and everyone can either take leftovers or some people can, um, you know, use that food for something else or take it home or maybe feed their families or themselves. And everyone is eating and everyone uh, gets to share food. And when it comes to um, also composting, there's this really cool container that I found recently. Um, the Joseph Joseph compost bin and I found it on uh, Amazon by by just researching this uh, BuzzFeed uh, link and it was talking about like 20 some some um, eco-friendly products that are really great um, when it comes to you know saving money and they're really efficient and effective and it's just amazing um, it's, it's really recent and I'm so happy um, products are still being listed in in uh, informative ways on on places and it's great always finding something new and with that uh, this bin this compost bin it's it's an easy fill Uh, it has air vents in it and it's a one gallon four liter container and it has a hook so you can put it on on a, a part of your wall or somewhere else and it can just stay there and you can just put your food scraps in it and it's Um, It's really cool because it has a ton uh, of reviews on um, Amazon. I think it has 1,500, so 1,500 reviews on Amazon. And mostly the reviews are 4.5, 4.6 stars out of 5. So you know it's great. 
Uh, number three, when it comes to tips, municipal waste. Again, that's a city by city issue or region by region issue. So contact your uh, local municipality or region where you are to see their uh, laws and uh, regulations about waste and what's disposable, what's not, what's recyclable, what's not. Uh, number four, when it comes to offsite storage, um, you know, think about if you've used uh, that piece of personal property or item recently. If you haven't touched it in months or years, you don't need it. You know, all the money that you're using from, you know, collecting certain things and you think that collection's worth something, fine. If it's $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, you could easily sell that collection, get the money back, from it and then invest that money. You'll be a millionaire by the time you want to retire. A multi-millionaire at that. That's how I do it. If I was collecting something for maybe five, 10 years um, in my short uh, life right now, you know, I'm not even 30 yet, but if I was collecting and I had been for some time and the collection was worth, you know, tens of thousands of dollars or so, I would flip it, that money, and invest a, a ton of it, uh, specifically in Acorns, the Acorns app, and do it that way. And so you, you're leveraging uh, the money that you're getting from that collection that's not necessarily growing in, 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 in value, and you're using money um, for a good purpose, for investing in your future, investing in yourself, investing in the stock market, which is always growing. These are things I think about. Um, I think about my future in the long term, and I think that's a smart idea. When it comes to um, also smartphones, the last sort of topic we're going to talk about, um, I think when it comes to them specifically, I calculated every two years the, the upgrades in the smartphone, and I did it from the ages of 16 because I think that that's the age that most kids should be able to have their first phone, not earlier than that, no later than um, that. So 16 is a prime age in high school or so, um, and so they should be adjusted to some extent to have some social interactions, have some responsibility and everything. And uh, with that, from ages uh, 16 to 70, I calculated if everyone from those ages was to get um, Every two years, so, so from 16, 18, etc., every two years, uh, their upgrade, if they were to get that upgrade from the ages 16 to 70, by the time they're 70, they will have used 28 phones. That's correct. If someone were to upgrade every two years from the ages of 16 until they were 70, they will have gone through 28 phones alone. That's just one person. So imagine everyone from 16 on up if every year, every two years, they upgrade their phone. Times more than seven billion people on the planet, that's a lot of phones. Like I said before, we don't have those type of resources for everyone to upgrade on demand. I think what's most optimal is for people to upgrade every seven to 10 years their phone. That way they can still be in a loop when it comes to upgrades, they can not be harassed by phone companies that are pressuring them to upgrade and you know, having those increased costs. And they can enjoy their phone because you know, it really pays to be patient and to keep your phone for longer. So I actually have a bonus part to this uh, eco-fact and it's related to Three Mile Island and nuclear power and nuclear energy and I actually discussed this topic on May 16th, 2019 in episode 50. It's entitled The End of an Era, Three Mile Island Nuclear Plant to Close in Fall 2019 plus 50th episode plus new prize giveaway uh, that giveaway has since ended, and so if you're interested in learning about Three Mile Island and resources there and information about uh, nuclear energy, etc., 
then you can go ahead and listen to that podcast episode. The eco fact of the day is that the last nuclear reactor at Three Mile Island shuts down for good, though some employees will stay on until 2022 to guard its nuclear waste. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the January-February 2020 issue. Greener Thoughts wants to hear your story. You can self-nominate or nominate an individual who exhibits environmental stewardship and protects the environment. If you volunteer in or work in an environmental company, either way, let Greener Thoughts know. If you want to tell your story and be in for a unique surprise, please send me a voice message. Just click on the third lower link in the show notes. This is the Eco Company Spotlight segment. So we're going to talk about an amazing company right now. If you would love for me to review your environmentally related product or service that you have, maybe you're a small business or a sole proprietor and have your own small uh, entity, you can let me know and I could definitely review your product or service. And you can let me know by voice message or email. I am going to talk about Green Goo. I just love the name of that company and their products. So Green Goo is the eco-friendly hand solve company that your hands will relish and ring with joy in. Using fresh and dried herbs, sources from organic farmers and organic oils, Green Goo packs its products with green in several good ways. As far as their commitment to sustainability, Green Goo does a lot, and it is, number one, a certified uh, women's-owned business, so WBENC certified there, and their women's business enterprise fully. Uh, Number two, they are gluten-free and have gluten-free products. Uh, Number uh, three, they are Leaping Bunny certified, so they are cruelty-free in their products. Number four, uh, their products are uh, local and made uh, domestically in the USA. Number five, their products uh, do not contain any petroleum, any parabens, um, any phthalates, or uh, any types of silicone products or derivatives. And then uh, number six, the company is a certified B Corporation, which is instrumental in putting people in the planet first, as well as having that full transparency in their corporate structure. Any claims uh, that they state uh, when it comes to their products are based on traditional homeopathic uh, practice, not accepted medical evidence, and uh, their products are not FDA uh, evaluated. Now, when it comes to their product selection, you don't have anything to worry about because they are best known and do the work when it comes to uh, having their solve their hand solves uh, together. So, when it comes for when it comes to their products, their uh, everyday hand solves, which they have, they have different types and different prices. So, if it's almost anybody's budget. They have a first aid, a dry skin, pain relief, and these are the types of balms that they have, their hand solves for your hands, a skin repair, solar goo, poison ivy, tattoo care, free to breathe, hand goo, cold sore, foot care, a bugs be gone spray, and they have a tons of other products as well. And their product uh, prices range from uh, $5.95, so that's most of their hand solves. Uh, And then they have uh, other products which are about uh, $9.95. And then um, they have other prices like $11.95 for their products as well. And then some products also um, are $14.95 as far as their price. Now, when it comes to um, their types of other products that they carry, they also carry personal care products, 
um, and have those. They have their uh, bath and spa section. They have their animal section, um, mama and baby section, accessory items, and they also have sale items. Now to contact Green Goo, you can go ahead and message them from their page and use that message form there that they have. Or you can email them at admin at greengoohelps.com. Uh, you could also go ahead and uh, mail them at their address, Sierra Sage Herbs, LLC, P.O. Box 439, Lyons, Colorado. That's L-Y-O-N-S, Colorado. Zip code 80540. And you can give them a call at a few different numbers. Uh, 303-823-2468. Or their other number at 1-888-613-4972. Now I want to talk about my experience with Green Goo because it's been a pleasurable one. Um, I do love uh, my Green Goo because uh, I went ahead and um, I got the Green Goo and it arrived today. And so I'm going to give a great review. On the website, they have a one price. Um, they have the $5.95 price, so $5.95 price that I was talking about. And I bought my uh, Green Goo um, from uh, Amazon. So on Amazon Smile, I use for uh, buying. And it's pretty economical, very much a great price. Even on Amazon, it was you know uh, a little bit um, more pricier, about $3 or so almost a little bit uh, closer to three dollars um and it has an earthy herbal scent it's great for your you know dry area so for your hands and everything elbows um great for cuts um and it, it's great for hands also as well um i haven't used it for my hands just for elbows and whatnot um i have a few other different things that i use like the badger bomb and brits bees there um, milk and their creamy uh, type of milk for um, milk cream for my hands um, and you can also you know use it for other things as well maybe for your feet um, if your feet are dry and it is uh, used as an astringent so it has astringent properties which um, just can contract your skin cells and make them a bit smaller and it's also a skin protectant, so you can use it for, you know, cuts, like I said, or other types of maybe blemishes or bumps that you have, red bumps, irritation spots, rashes um, that you may have from different soaps or detergents, cosmetics, jewelry. That is what this product is really made for. Um, for when it comes to green goo, uh, there's a ton of different places that you can buy it from. You can buy it from greengoo.com, their website. Also, you can buy it from amazon.com, ebay.com, high V's in store. Um, and then you can also buy it from luckyvitamin.com, Poshmark, Target, vitacost.com, Walmart as well, and many, many other retailers online and in store across the country and world were available. Green Goo is on the following uh, social media platforms of uh, Facebook at Green Goo, that's green like the color, and then Goo, G-O-O. They're also on Instagram at Green Goo Helps, all lowercase, all one word. They're on LinkedIn at Green Goo by Sierra Sage. They're on Pinterest at Green Goo. They're on Twitter also at Green Goo, and they're on YouTube at Green Goo. How you can contact Green Goo is also going to their website and you can go there and go to the website greengoo.com and then you can click contact us at the bottom of their webpage to go ahead and fill out their message form directly to contact them. I want to thank you for personally listening in to this latest episode. Um, I'm you know really stoked to you know, partake in some of the new things that are going to be, you know, coming on and, and, and happening when it comes to the podcast, you know, with the new laptop and some really great surprises I have. I have to plan them out. Can't wait to use my new laptop, my two-in-one, and uh, get those things kick-started um, and plan everything. going to be really amazing 
And so I thank you all for your patience in everything and continuing to support Greener Thoughts. Um, it's been a pleasure. It always will be. And I will continue no matter what um, to go ahead and, you know, push out and deliver great uh, episodes and have fun doing it. Uh, and if anything ever, you know, occurs like something like a schedule change or something of that nature, I will always go ahead and uh, make sure that those episodes are in order and let you all know. But thank you again for your patience and in remembering to you know, always listen and to tune in and show that you care. So you all, I hope that you have a great uh, day and everything else. And you all take care of yourselves until next time in the upcoming uh, podcast episode. You all stay safe and be well. Take care. <music>